Welcome to Stories That Stick, Stick, a podcast series about the stories that shape us. We're robots in, in secondary school. We learn what everybody else learns and we have no room to learn anything else. Hey guys, it's Ade here, your host for Stories That Stick. Before we start this episode, I just wanted to let you know that this will be our last episode of the year. And we will come back with more diverse voices and stories in February 2020. Now in the studio, we had Fred Santana, who's one half of the 90s baby show, arguably one of the UK's most popular black podcasts that deals with pop culture. And if you are coming to this show for the first time, then you might be surprised to hear a very different side of Fred. Also, please do note that we do start all our conversations talking about death. So if you are triggered by this conversation or this subject, then please do skip ahead to approximately the three minute mark. Also, if you are feeling the Christmas spirit, and I hope you all are, then please do review, rate and share our podcast because it really does help increase our visibility. Either way, I hope you guys all have a lovely Christmas and see you in February 2020. Take care. Bye. How do you feel about death? Other people dying or me dying? Let's go for both. I haven't had that many people die around me. I've had probably about three, four people around me. Um, One that hit hardest was the cousin because that was like a childhood issue. And we knew our life was on this course. And yeah, this didn't go the right way. This didn't go how we planned it in our heads as kids. And then me dying, I'm not, I'm not scared but it's like I've been so lonely suicidal sometimes depression anxiety sleepless nights when you think of it like that you're not scared anymore many of my guests who do say they have had suicide thoughts but then they've found the love in life and the value they bring I know the value I bring but I don't want to be the last one here when I'm out I'm thinking when can I leave it's like the earth when can I leave Do you go therapy? I used to. Right. But that person still can't help with the problem. It's like, how helpful are you? So they didn't help? They didn't give you the tools for you to... They can't. They can't? They can't. Because the tools that are needed at that particular time in life is, is... It could be financial. They can't give me money. It could be a promotion. They can't give me that. All they are is ears that listen. I have to live every day. And let's talk about living because I feel like, you know, you have lived 100%. Yeah, I try. I know, you're not trying, Sha, you're doing. Let's go into your first chapter. Zero to ten, right? Mm. Who were you, like, growing up? Paint Um, the picture. Where were you? I was Alfred Ajani. I wasn't no Fred Santana. Um, I was born in um, Peckham. But moved when I was like months old to Woolworth Road. So just behind the McDonald's. Two brothers, older brother. He's one year older than me. Younger brother, three years younger than me. Um, Mum, dad, up until a certain age. Then I got aunties, uncles. They got kids. It's a big family, yeah. I bet Christmas is lit. Nope. (laughs) Not anymore. It was lit. Then you get older and you realise you might be for your brother. You know what I'm saying? And then you don't speak for that year or two and you don't link for Christmas my mum or dad might beef their cousin 
and then they got kids the same age and you don't see them kids because them two parents ain't trying to be in the same room and you're thinking Rao like you're spoiling my fun um you haven't really said about fun memories even the pain was I miss it it was a it was an easier pain that I didn't even know was pain at the time but I'm grateful for it like this morning I took a bucket bath just to remember I'm still poor you know yeah there's more to do you're not there yet and it may be a case that I'm never there and that's all right because I know I did something you're doing something I'm just going to reiterate that from my side of things you are definitely doing something but from zero to ten zero to ten you mentioned biff and chip what was biff and chip to you the the simplest time No difficulty, no pain in them stories. No, what's it, plot twist. One is one journey, wherever we're going today, happy. That's it. That's the childhood book. That was it. So if you ask me Biff and Chip, I'll reel off the friends that I had at that time. I'll reel off what the playground looked like. That's Biff and Chip. Everything that I can associate with primary school, Biff and Chip played my own games there. I'd go on an adventure on my ones, man. Like, even to this day, like, me, Tim and Dennis will be somewhere. They'll get the train home. I'll walk. I'll see you lot later, man. Like, Are you an introvert? Yeah, I'm both. Like, when I'm on stage, I've got to be extrovert, innit? Mm-hmm. And then introvert, I don't really like talking to people outside. Let's go into your next chapter, what, from 11 to 20. Talk to me. There was a loss of identity for a bunch of years, not wanting to be part of this or part of that and not knowing what I want to be a part of. All I knew is I wanted to play football and that's the only place I'm going to express myself. Like, don't talk to me. I wasn't Fred or Alfred. I wasn't Santana or Ajani. I wasn't, I wasn't nothing. Like, I was just like, just everyone just leave me alone, innit? Come to about 15, maybe. I'm saying... I need to do something about my life, not with my life, about it. I have to fix situations. But I didn't know what I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to play football, but I knew I didn't have the provisions. I knew I was getting blocked. I knew that this manager's going to pick his son and this manager's white, so he's going to pick these white kids over me. And then whatever positions are left for the black kids, there's seven of us, three of us can play. All the other kids are going to play, especially the kids that dads turn up every week. And I didn't have that. My dad wasn't turning up every week to tell the manager, you have to play my son. I know I didn't have that. I know I had to get the bus from Camberwell to Bromley. And all these other kids are turning up in their dad's car, warm in the passenger, seatbelt on. I'm just on a bus making sure I don't get robbed. They live different, and but no, they didn't sure. know it. Yeah, you yeah. can't help the hand that you're dealt. Mm-hmm. But you can make the most out of the hand you're dealt, you know. And I think, forgive me, I'm not qualified at all to even really speak on this, but the notion of this absent father mm. has clearly affected you. Yeah, but I don't even, it's, it's mad to even know what extent because I'll probably figure it out at 37 okay. or I'll probably figure it out when I have kids and they're 17 and I can see what impact I've been able to have on their life compared to mine. And as long as I'm there, it's going to be better. Were there any fond memories, though? Because football clearly was your, I guess, your safety, your haven, and you mm. had aspirations and dreams to make it bigger. 
But obviously you're saying just due to circumstances, you mm. know, that never really manifested itself. Was there any other things you were thinking? Because you were going through the education system, right? Within the education structure, they start talking about where you potentially could go career-wise. We didn't know we could be anything. We didn't know we could be anything. Primary school, they'll tell you you could be whatever you want to be. Secondary school, they're not even telling you anything. Like, we're robots in, in secondary school. We learn what everybody else learns and we have no room to learn anything else. It's this curriculum or nothing. And it's, that's it. Do you remember the Brit school? The Brit, of Acting yeah, yeah, or music acting, or something. Yeah, yeah. We used to look at it like, rah, I want to go there, but I ain't got talent. We never knew we had talents. No one told us you could do this, you know robots just go to this lesson and go to that one and then go home that's it there was no we're gonna nurture your talent brit school we're gonna nurture your talent football like there was no foot no school prioritized working on individuals talent there was art class but there was no like we're gonna put your thing in a gallery there was music class there was no we're gonna show you how to put it on there wasn't itunes at the time but hmv there was a football team, but there was never scouts. There was this, but there was never the next step. What would you do different? If I was to be back in secondary school. Yeah, knowing you know what you do know now. I wouldn't have a plan B. Plan A was football and I wouldn't have a plan B. What was plan B? Plan B was university, school, education, like your parents tell you to. In hope to become? <laughs> Whatever the government gives you. So plan B was even a thing like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I'm going to college. It's safe. After college, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I'm going uni. It's safe. The longer I stay in education, the less I have to do something now because they're going to keep giving me money and I get to go to this place. So let me just keep going to this until I can't go no more and I'll figure it out then. Plan B. And when did you realise that plan A wouldn't come to fruition? Um, I saw that uh, first year of uni. I got a contract in Oxford a team in Oxford called Didcot. Oh, gotcha. I got a, I got a contract there and then I also got accepted into universities and I was like, I do football and struggle or I go to uni and let plan B build up a little bit more. So I've gone to uni and I've gone to a football match. It was an away game. So I've gone from Coventry to Oxford and the away game was down south near Portsmouth. We've taken a, a coach down south, played the game, 3 p.m. kickoff, where you finish at like five, you eat and drink for a bit, maybe six, seven, you leave. You drive back up, you get back to uh, Oxford, maybe about nine, ten. You miss your train, you have to wait an hour and a half for the next train from Oxford to then change to get to Coventry. Right. I think we may even had to have gone past Coventry to Birmingham and then back down a bit. So I missed the train. I was like, this can't. Just can't. <laughs> I got an a.m. lecture. I, I can't. Never went back. Done. Plan A gone. Plan B has to work. Who did you speak to about that to for you to make that decision, or you just myself. decided? Yeah, I had to tell myself it's it's time to stop. There was a few of us that said, "Yeah, today's the last day because we're nineteen. It's it's gone. Dream's <laughs> gone now. We're nineteen, boys. Like we, you look at each other and you think that's it. But then. We look at each other now eight years later and say, we're here, you know? Yeah. Not all of us can become footballers, you know? What's your position? Just out of interest. I could play anywhere. What Stri do you prefer to play? Uh, striker. Is it? Yeah. Are you ambidextrous? 
No, I'm not both footed, nah. Right, gotcha. No, I'm right footed, but the left is for standing. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> not surprise. It's just, just the standing leg. That's all we <laughs> use the left for. Like, everything's right footed. But, yeah, on the dance floor, like, you lot dance. But on the football pitch, you watch me dance. We all have that one teacher mm. that we can't help but remember. And you wrote Mr. Thomas. Who was he to you? This Mr. Thomas was black and... Seeing him as a teacher definitely inspired a lot of people in my school to become teachers too, in the sense that they know that a whole bunch of black kids are going to come to this school in the next few years and be very lost. And if there's no black teachers there, and it's all these people that are coming in from Cambridge and getting teaching jobs in the city, they're doomed. A lot of people tell him that they can't. From there, I know a lot of kids have gone to either back to that school or other schools, and he was an inspiration to them to, to be that black figure in that school, that, that voice of discipline, reason. Like It's the teacher that, that this one says, oh, you can't have that, and then he says, I'll, I'll deal with him. Once that teacher's gone, he gives you a sweet and says, go on. In front of them, he'll save you, black saviour. That was Mr. Thomas to you. Yeah, Mr. Thomas. And he was that to every, 100% he was that to so many other kids in that school. Respect on day one. You're black. Hello, sir. Yeah. You wrote Mice and Men. Mm. That was a story that stuck with you. Why? Mice and Men was like two guys on a journey-ish. Ended up settling somewhere. One guy fell in love with a woman. Ended up killing the woman, and then his friend ended up killing him. Mm. It's like life. Like it wasn't a happy ending, and I like that. That's probably what I like most about the book. Like, and that's probably what I started hating about films. I know I, I like. I didn't write it. This is what the um, the writer and the director all wanted to do. It's theirs. If I want something done a certain way, do it myself. But I'm just watching so many things and I'm just like, false. My thing isn't like that. Who's, who's is like that? You get the girl at the end, you get the money, you get the job, you get the di- First time. Smooth. You get it. <laughs> what? What life is, where they do that at? And then I've read that and I'm thinking, finally, bruv, something that doesn't end nice. And then you watch the Joker and you're like, finally, the bad guys are winning because man can't be a good guy and win. It's not true. The bad guys win. So it's time to be bad. Like, <laughs> like that's it. And you might love this woman, but she doesn't love you back. And that's your boy, but you have to cut him off because he's not good for you. He's going to get you in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And that's the realities. Let's get into your final chapter because this is where Fred Santana really shines and the Nighty Baby show yeah. begins. All right, so chapter three. Let's do this. <laughs> your third decade, we've graduated from Coventry. Yeah. What degree did you do? What was, what was Nonsense. This about? Sports marketing. <laughs> so sports marketing. 
Now, the aim was hopefully after having this degree to be in a sports marketing career. Didn't even know what it meant. But you did do something, and I'm all right. This is you, Fred, right? Where you went to Liverpool Street? No, Waterloo Station. Waterloo Station, my yeah. So after applying for about 300 jobs after graduating, having different kind of issues monetarily and needing more, like ASAP, walking past Waterloo Station, saw commuters. I was like, everyone in there works somewhere. I'm the only person that doesn't. I need to be with one of these people. Cool. Walking past and I see them there. So I stop and say, where's the busiest spot? Over there, upstairs, downstairs. Cool. I'll be back in the morning. Got home. Told my stepdad and my mum, I'm sick of this ish. I'm going to Waterloo Station in the morning to get a job. They didn't have a clue what I was talking about. I'm I'm there typing up my sign and saying like Coventry University Marketing Graduate 2-1 asked for a CV. Get my suit on in the morning. I go to the station. I'm stood there and I'm reassessing the thing in it. And I'm scared. I'm in there like I'm, I'm about to take a risk. Like what's going to happen? I don't know. Pick my position, stood there. Nothing happened for the first 10 minutes. I'm just there with my sign in my hand. One person came up to me. Five more people came up to me. Someone took a picture. Same person that took a picture came back, took another picture. More people came up to me. Then everyone's at work now, so it's time to leave. Then I've got an interview. Everyone's blowing up my phone. I'm heading to the interview. My phone dies. I get lost. I'm late. Boom, boom, boom. Get there. Interview was trash. I was like, it was too far anyway. It was insurance. I didn't want to work there. I just needed a job. Phone's blowing up, doing interviews all over the place. ITV, Yahoo, this place, that place. Getting job offers left, right, centre. I was like, I need the quickest thing and the closest thing. It was opposite Woolly Station. Got in there, more press two weeks later. Five months down the road, now I go back to the Woolly Station. Went back with another sign saying I'm hiring. That went rival as well. And then from there, like, Tem came into the same office as me, so I got him a job there. Then we was just talking at lunchtime and it was like, yeah, it's time to it's time to do something else. That was the birth of the 90s baby show. Your last story, which you wrote what being black is and what being black isn't. So there's a book, so this same youth club, there was a guy there named Jacob Whittingham. PhD, doctor, all sorts, and did a lot for the community. And he wrote a book, What Being Black Is and What Being Black Isn't. And in my head, I changed it to What Being Fred Is and What Being Fred Isn't. What don't I want people to see me as and what do I want people to see me as? Yeah, I'm black, but that's not going to hold me back. Like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. That's it. I can and I will. Yeah, no, you know? That. No. I hear that. And that book was helped inspire and shape that. Yeah, it just told me that I don't have to do the stereo. Like, there's some stereotypes that I'm a, yeah, of course, that's me. Like, but there's some that I'm not going to let someone see me in a hoodie and think, ah, this guy's a bit. I wear my hoodie in the office. I wear my tracksuit in the office. I could wear jeans too. I could wear trousers too. But because I'm wearing a tracksuit today, what you think you can't work with me? I'm going to show you that I'm just as qualified. Like, I'm going to delete this imposter syndrome that. I still have to this day and a lot of people have too. Like even we had um, an actor from Blue Story on the show today and 
he went to the same school he grew up in the same area but we like none of us knew each other it was very much you're over there and you're on this block and you go to that school and you go to that school or you're in this year you're in that year and they said that they wasn't allowed to film in Deptford but if you got to film that in Deptford the four-year-old coming home from school with his mum would have seen these black actors black directors black this person black that person and been inspired they didn't allow it in the neighborhood there's a lot we didn't see in our neighborhoods yeah, no, 100%. like even Jaden Sancho opened a football pitch in Kenneton he's still what seven, eighteen, nineteen. Them 14, 15-year-old players that get to see a 19-year-old make it, they're going to be like, I'm going to make it in three years. Watch me. And I'm going to open a pitch over there. And Stormzy, who has murky books. Now these kids are reading books that are published by murky. And it's like, I'm going to write two then. And then these kids that are seeing D-double one, the Ikea advert, they're going to be like, wow, I can make music for an advert. Yeah, I'm going to do that too. And they're seeing John Boyega in Star Wars and they're seeing this. I'm going to be in the way. They're going to see me. They don't have to stand on the block till 3 a.m. hoping someone brings a meal. We've got the platforms. We create the best content. And yeah, not, I'm not talking about 90s yeah, baby show. I mean I black people. Mean. I know what yeah. you mean, 100%. So what's successful for Fred Santana and what's success for 90s baby? And are they mutually exclusive? Both the same, yes. Um, social impact, inspiring people to let them know that they can. Yeah, As nothing extra like a, a million pound, nothing like that. It's like, nah, I'm not yeah. interested. Well, the night is baby. I want it. <laughs> like, but if I have it and I haven't inspired no one or put no one on or kept the door open for other people or met this person and made this change in society and open up that and help open up this. Have you ever watched The Black Godfather on Netflix? Avon Avon Grant, I think his name is. It's, it's something on Netflix that reinstalled it in me. I knew this is what I wanted, but seeing that, now nah, I want it more. I want that social impact. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like you guys are doing that. Mm. And I include Temi in that and Dennis in that as well. Because we can't stop. You know, no, don't stop. It's necessary. Mm. So thank you. If you can take one thing from this world to heaven. Nah. Nah. Nothing, nothing. is nothing. Nothing at all. No, no. Okay. A lot of people are starting to give me that answer. Yeah. Right? So I'm now I'm gonna flip it. You're gonna be the first person for this question. If there's one book you can gift, what would it be? Biff and Chip. Biff and Chip. Mm. Simplicity and adventure, you know. Try and simplify that. Nothing too complicated. Just keep it as simple as possible, man. Life's hard. How can they find you on the World Wide Web, you know, your socials and everything? Everything is um, Fred Santana, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube is 90s Baby Show. Yeah, that's it. Sweet. Well, Fred, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for your voice. Thanks for having me. Guys, stay tuned for another episode of Stories That Stick. Today's episode was produced by Ade Bambala. Sound designed by Chris Orise. And if you'd like to be featured on Stories That Stick, then please do get in touch.